Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. I've been reading recently in the book of Revelation, trying to understand the book of Revelation, reading chapter 2 and 3, Jesus's words to the churches. And it's really remarkable because in each scenario, there's good and there's bad. In each scenario, he says, thank you for enduring the persecution. Thank you for standing for my name. And yet this I have against you, you know, or he'll start with, I'm kind of upset with you about a few things. And yet, you know, you hate the teaching of Nicolaitans and you can't tolerate that woman Jezebel, which I also hate. So thanks for that. It's really beautiful that in his, you know, pretty loving kind, direct way to the churches, you know, Christ is saying, look, there's some really good things about this, about who you are and the way you're living. And yet there's some things that I've got some problems with. And I think that that's what we're saying in terms of styles of relating. Last podcast, we introduced the idea of um, moving toward people, moving away from people, moving against people as one of many different models of kind of understanding our relational style. And what that got us into was um, what's behind all that? What's behind our relational style? What fuels our personality? Because until you begin to recognize, gang, there are very powerful forces in you. I don't mean demons or supernatural forces. I'm talking about within you. Mm-hmm. There are some very powerful commitments, resolutions, fears, etc., that actually are shaping your your personality. You know, whether you want to call yourself a golden retriever or an ISTJ or a high C or, you know, however you kind of grab onto these identifiers, there's actually... There's actually some motives behind all that. Yeah. John, I think uh, Beekner captures that in his book, Telling Stories. Let me just read this quote. He says, the world sets in making us what the world would like us to be. And because we have to survive, after all, we try to make ourselves into something we hope the world will like better than it apparently did the selves we originally were. That is the story of all of our lives, needless to say. And in the process of living out that story, the original shimmering self gets buried so deep that most of us hardly end up living out of it at all. Instead, we live out all the other selves, which we are constantly putting on and taking off like the coats and hats against the world's weather. I think he hits here the the pressures we feel to be shaped and molded into something the world likes. Oh, yeah. that's that power you're talking about. Oh, my goodness, Craig. I I just uh, was spending some time with a beautiful, dear young woman, really just a great gal, loves Jesus so much, loves Jesus with all her heart. And I noticed that she had a very difficult time being delighted in. And the story is a pretty critical father. Hmm. Um, and uh, very critical father, and not a lot of delight 
in that household, not a lot of celebrating of who you are, not a lot of love and affirmation, however, reward for achievement, you know, and so therefore the drivenness and therefore, you know, and everyone in her high school, college years was so impressed with her drivenness and her ability to get stuff done and excel, really excel, yeah. you know, at school and grades and achievement and projects. And again, you know, that can fall over into mission projects and, you know, world relief and battling human trafficking. And it all looks so noble. But actually what's fueling that personality was she wasn't loved. Hmm. She wasn't loved. When she mm -hmm. was young and she found a way to get love, mm -hmm. the world sets into making us what the world wants us to be. You know, she found a way to get love in her family culture and it was achievement. And therefore, you know, thus this style yeah. of relating, right, that can look really Christian. Yeah. But in fact, what's fueling it is fear and pain yes. and a desperate longing to be loved. John, such a coincidence. It's a different person, I'm sure, but I was talking to someone exactly the same story, um, identified in their church as the servant, affirmed as being the servant. But when we pushed into that, so much of her being a servant is avoiding intimacy with people because she's always about accomplishing a task and yeah. sitting down and having a heart-to-heart, -heart, yeah. developing relationships, getting close, in her case, to a man, mm. was always preempted mm. by the need to get something done for the benefit of the group or the mm -hmm. whole. Yes. And, and so hiding yeah. as well. Yes, exactly. Self-protection. Self-protection. It's both, gang. It's both. It's what's fueling our style of relating comes out of our particular story, but it's a combination of desperately trying to get a little bit of what the human heart was designed for, mm -hmm. love, affirmation, connection, and, and deeply, fiercely committed to self-protecting, yes. right? Because we've been hurt. And so it's, it's both sin and brokenness mm -hmm. fuel our style of relating. And so... You asked last week, you know, my move against style, what fuels that? You go back into my story, and my primary wounds in my story are abandonment wounds, people not being there for me, and therefore a deep resolution in me not to trust people. Now, had I a different gifting from God, I probably would have been a move-away person, right? But I'm such a leader type. Mm -hmm. I'm such a go-for-it, aggressive take the hill, you know, fight the wildfire kind of guy that instead of moving away from people, I just end up moving against them. I kind of provide a strength in leadership, but I, it's not connection. Mm -hmm. It's not relationship, mm -hmm. you know. And so everybody's got a story to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got a story to tell. Yeah, I think my story there, John, is, uh, and it took a counselor to really expose this in me as um, I'm the move away person. But this counselor in the course of uh, our session um, just made the comment that I wasn't really present. Mm. When I was confronted with that, it just mm. freaked me out because mm. I'm the most mm. vulnerable, present, honest, let's be self-reflective, let's go into mm. this. And he says, oh, oh, yeah, Craig, you've learned to be vulnerable, um, 
but you use that to push people away. You're willing to be respected and uh, enjoyed, but you're not present, therefore you're not loved. Mm. It's my, it's I'm kind of the porcupine. Mm. I, mm. I, I'm, I avoid intimacy, and it's just same thing with gifting. I think I was called in some way in some pastoral role, but what I've adapted is a detached, fatherly, warm vulnerability instead of the real thing. Right. Right. Yep. Friends, we're just asking you to begin to look at the style of relating that you offer to others and begin to wonder what's really behind that, what's really fueling that. Because to to begin to love well, to begin to love, um, as Paul was saying in Philippians, with knowledge and depth of insight, you know, not being just shallow lovers or silly lovers or uh, expression we used in an earlier podcast was sloppy, mm-hmm. just kind of sloppy in the way that we relate and love, you know, to really be aware of, you have a style of relating. It's fueled by some very powerful forces within you. Can you name it? Yeah. Do you know what your impact is on others? Do you kind of know what your basic style is and why? Um, not as accusation, not as shame, guilt, reproach. No. Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation now for those of us who are in Christ. No condemnation, but rather so that we can set down those things, seek our healing, and choose love, choose a different way of relating. Here's one of my problems, and here's a simple way that I'm trying to love better. Um, one of my giftings from God is that I see I see the whole. I see the big picture very quickly. So when someone's trying to describe algebra to me or someone's trying to describe King Lear or someone's trying to describe their personal story, I get it pretty quickly. Like I understand the concept and the big idea. And so I can get really impatient with the details. And as a move against guy, I can just blow through a conversation you know, while a person's trying to kind of give me some of the details, because it's like, I've got it. I'm with you on track and let's get past this. And I can do it with Stacy. I can do it with my sons, my friends, my team here. And so for me to be aware of that, to be aware of, I don't want to be a move against person, um, to make choices of sit, listen, be present, don't let whatever you want to call your kind of your gifting be an excuse not to love, right? So whether you're a challenger or a high C or you're an otter or a golden retriever, don't let that be an excuse not to love well. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So, John, listening to this, um, you know, as you – we're talking about these powerful forces that uh, just shape and mold us, these desire for a little applause um, of getting what our heart so desperately yearns for, validation, love, and yet this other tension we feel of being self-protective and hiding. And how do we, hearing this, where do we go from here in terms of 
We don't want to turn to being so totally introspective. We're just sitting around trying to weigh every motive. And No, no. What do we do with this? Um, first off, you do have to have some awareness so that you can know what repentance looks like for you. Because repentance looks different for every person. It really does. And that's why simple categories of repentance, just be kinder, give more, you know, it's not helpful. Those aren't helpful categories because repentance for you and repentance for me almost look the opposite. Yes. <laughs> because of our story, yes. our sin, yes. and our style of relating. <laughs> and so, friends, obviously, ask Christ. Yeah. Jesus, show me. If you're courageous, ask a friend. Get a little input. You know, um, those who you know aren't going to just blow you out of the water because of their sin and their style of relating. But a little bit of input would be amazing to just go, so what do you think? You know, how do you see me? What do you think my style of relating is? Just so you kind of have these basic categories, you're aware of the weakness. Mm -hmm. You've heard the expression, give a boy a hammer and the whole world looks like a nail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you find something that works for you, you just work it mm-hmm. and you just use that. And as we were saying with the move away, move toward, move against model, actually Jesus did all three. Mm-hmm. There were times that he just completely distanced himself yes. from the Pharisees. There were times that he moved against them. And there were times that he moved toward them, mm-hmm. you know, that thinking of, Nicodemus, who comes to see him in the night, and he sees in Nicodemus, oh, okay, you you want this, you know. And Jesus seems to offer people exactly what they need. And sometimes it looks like this, and sometimes it looks like that. In other words, he doesn't have a hammer and everything's a nail. You know, so if you know what your hammer is, metaphorically, if you kind of know your basic approach to life, uh, I'm the jokester, I just kind of keep everything light. Well, then you know what repentance looks like. Mm-hmm. And and if you know that, oh, man, I'm such a controlling person, then you know what repentance looks like for you. And yeah. it's some sense of awareness. But can I add another piece that came to me when you asked that question? Here's what I'm just profoundly struck by right now. Friends, do you begin to sense why it is so crucial that you experience the love of God? Mm. You live in a very disappointing world. It's the world that Beekner described in that quote, mm-hmm. you know. In fact, the beginning of that quote, you triggered my memory, actually goes starting with the rather too pretty young woman and the rather unstable young man who together know nothing more about being parents than they do the far side of the moon. Mm. The world sets into making us what the world would like us to be. And then the mm-hmm. quote goes on. Is, you live in a very disappointing world, friends. Um, you're not loved well. Or if you are, it's by very few people. There's an enormous amount of loneliness every single person carries in this world. Very few people get you, meet you. Some will, some do. We get tastes, we get moments, we get experiences. But, oh, friends, do you understand now that this is why the whole thing is about the love of God? Like, mm-hmm. you got to be drinking from the love of God, knowing his love in order to love well, um, because— why change? Yeah. Why would anyone change? My goodness. We all did this for self-protection. We all did this for self-protection. Why in the world would you choose otherwise? Well, 
only as you begin to experience the love of Christ. It frees you not to have to be the hammer and everyone else is the nail that in your style. Really, I mean, I think there's one side that's repentance, Craig, and self-awareness. And I think the other side is, oh, my goodness, I need the love of God. I need Mm -hmm. the love of God. I need the – yeah, so that I'm not controlling, demanding, manipulating others. Mm Mm-hmm. And we keep going back, John, to so much of the shaping and the transformation into a loving person is the work of God Mm -hmm. and just the desperate cry of, Mm -hmm. Lord, change me, make me that man. Yes, yes, absolutely. Again, friends, we are so aware that in a 12, 16, 20-minute podcast, we can raise some issues. But if you want to pursue this further, you're going to need to be intentional about that. And so hope you do. Hope you seek what God has for you in this. Hope it's proving helpful. We're going to continue on. We've got a few more in our series on relating well, loving well, relationships, the power of your life. So hope you continue to join us, tell your friends, tell others about the podcast. And always, if you want to know more about Ransomed Heart, come to our Facebook page or come to our website at ransomedheart.com.